This is a CBC Podcast. This is Black Jeopardy! In 2016, a month after the release of his fourth album, Views, Drake was on SNL and in full hype man mode. Look, no good rap comes from Canada, okay? What about Drake, dog? Who are these people you keep mentioning? Drake's got on this checkered button down over a white tee. He's rocking these really bad fake dreads. He's got the Toronto accent going. Yeah, it's actually really good to be here, dog. You know, like, I couldn't take the TTC, but man's made it over anyway, so I'm excited. It was his second time on the show, but first time as host. And by now, SNL fans knew exactly who the child actor turned hip-hop artist was. But four albums in, the idea that one of the most popular rappers in America wasn't actually American was clearly something they were still grappling with. Wait, you're a black Canadian? Obviously, dog. I mean, like, yo, there's thousands of us. I'm sure you've met a few of us before. <laughs> nope. Never met one. I remember sitting at home watching that skit. And all I could think was how crazy it was to see one of our own hosting SNL. It wasn't just that Drake was the first Canadian rapper to do it. It was that Drake was making it very clear in a very big way what city he was from. And there was one other point he was making, a statement that rang loud and clear on views Toronto didn't just have good rappers. It was home to one of the greatest. Which is why when the CBC, which is Canada's public broadcaster, first approached me about doing a Drake podcast, I said no. And who was I to turn down a proposition like that? Well, my name is Ty Harper, and at the time, I'd been a producer at the CBC for about five years when I got a call from a colleague of mine, Josh Block. I wanted to see if Ty would be interested in hosting and producing a podcast about Drake. Well, sort of about Drake. I guess word had gotten around that I had some history in the Toronto hip-hop scene and might be someone to talk to. Back in the mid-2000s, I had a radio show that spotlighted the local Toronto hip-hop scene, and Drake was one of many acts who came up in that period and was on my show. OTA Live, baby, Ty Harper, Rez Digital, hanging out Tuesdays 11 to 1, Saturday... That's Rez, my co-host. Back into it, man. Drake in the building. Thanks for coming to hang out with us tonight, man. Oh, man, it's my pleasure. Let's get to um, the hip-hop... I suspected Ty would have strong opinions about how to position that podcast. Look, it wasn't that I didn't think Drake was worth doing a podcast about... It's that there were tons of Canadian rappers before Drake, legendary rappers from across our country, whose stories had been consistently overlooked by the CBC time and time again. And to be fair, this isn't just a CBC thing. It's a Canadian music industry thing, which we dig into in our first episode. But all this seemingly too little, too late energy around documenting Drake's story reminded me of a question that had always been at the back of my mind since I'd started working for the CBC. And it seemed like a glaringly obvious one to me, too. Why, at a time when hip-hop was the undisputed driver of all things pop, and at a time when Drake, a Canadian, was in the driver's seat, Why did my national public broadcaster still not have a program dedicated to documenting that hip-hop history from a Canadian perspective? 
especially when robust hip-hop initiatives like the BBC's One Extra Network had been setting a pretty strong precedent for the viability of that type of programming for almost two decades. And that was kind of what my rant to Josh sounded like the day he first called me. But aside from all of that, Josh and I agreed that the story the CBC should be trying to explore in this podcast was how Drake's rise as a pop star tied into the larger historical rise of hip-hop in the North American mainstream. Drake is really the culmination of many moments, songs, artists, some heard and so many more unheard, who are all responsible for making hip-hop and black music the dominant cultural force it is right now. And interestingly enough, the CBC agreed to tell that story, with a few caveats, of course. The first being that while they were cool with us not doing a this-is-the-story-of-Drake treatment, we'd at least need to give the less-informed listener a brief summary of Drake's story up to this point. And so for those not as familiar with Drake, this next section's for you. Aubrey Drake Graham was born in Toronto on October 24th, 1986. His mom, Sandy, is Jewish Canadian, and his dad, Dennis, is African American from Memphis, Tennessee. Now, Drake's dad was a longtime musician who started playing with Jerry Lee Lewis when he was just 18 years old. That's Jerry Lee Lewis performing rock and roll live in Toronto with Dennis Graham on drums. The year was 1984. And that same night, Drake's dad would meet Drake's mom. But Drake's musical connections go even deeper. His great uncle, the late Willie Mitchell, discovered Al Green. He also co-produced and wrote some of Al's biggest hits, including Let's Stay Together and a personal fave, I'm Still In Love With You, which would go on to sell over one million copies. And it doesn't end there. Drake's uncle, Larry Graham, is one of the most influential bass players alive, known for working with Sly and the Family Stone and his own band, Graham Central Station. So yeah, Drake's musical roots go deep, but his first taste of the entertainment biz wasn't via music. It came from television, specifically Degrassi a Canadian cult teen drama where he played the charismatic student-athlete, Jimmy Brooks. Downtown, go Jimmy! Oh yeah, who's the man? You're looking at him. Degrassi Panthers, Jimmy Brooks is on the prowl. So while Drake was capturing the hearts of Degrassi fans around the world, he was also leveraging that same base to transition from TV heartthrob to bona fide rap star. But it's important to stress that Drake didn't just come into hip-hop as a disconnected outsider. He's been around. I mean, Toronto has a long and rich hip-hop history and rap scene. So while Degrassi was Drake's day job, in his off time, he'd been sharpening his rap game at hip-hop battles, campus concerts, as a shit-talker on local online communities, shout-outs to Hip-Hop Canada, and of course, he was partying and networking in the clubs. In short, Drake had always been a Toronto hip-hop kid on his grind. So in 2006, he dropped his first official mixtape, Room for Improvement, and then in 07, he released his second mixtape, Comeback Season, which featured the single Replacement Girl with Trey Songs and became the first music video from an unsigned Toronto artist to make it into rotation on BET. But in 2009, 
everything changed. Those voices you hear, those are fans in Houston rapping to every single word of November 18, Drake's tribute to local H-Town legend DJ Screw. That year, Drake was on the cusp. He'd released his now critically acclaimed mixtape So Far Gone, was touring with Lil Wayne, and had officially signed to Wayne's Young Money label. It was a star-making moment, one of many that would see Drake become a household name over the next decade. The kind of name everyone, your dad, your granny, your boss, the bus driver, everyone knew. Or as one of our producers, Del Cowie, likes to say, I mean, he's a musician that you know even if you've never listened to an album. But how did that happen? Maybe it was that first platinum plaque he grabbed with Best I Ever Had, which also gave him his first Billboard Top 10 single. Or when he made YOLO a thing with the motto. But more than likely, it was this pop crossover moment, which at the time became Drake's highest charting Canadian single ever. Just hold on. And if it wasn't when he dropped Hold On, We're Going Home, it was definitely two summers later when Hotline Bling's inescapable organ and bass rhythm hit the radio, the clubs, and the internet. I mean, the fact that you couldn't go on Twitter or Instagram without seeing or hearing him. Man's never been in marquee with his shutdown, eh? Trust me, daddy. Well, that people were organizing entire themed yoga classes? We tried to Drakeify the entire class in Toronto to find essentially. Maybe it was one of his well-publicized rap beefs with artists like Common, Pusha T, or Meek Mill with the song Back to Back. I'm not sure what it was that really made y'all mad, but I guess this is what I gotta do to make y'all rap. I mean, oh. Or perhaps you're into the stats and point to the fact that Drake has pretty much smashed every billboard and streaming record that's ever mattered. It has already been streamed more than a billion times. Billion? That is a lot. The album. Wherever you're from and whatever brought you here, perhaps one of the most compelling things about Drake has been his ability to start a conversation and have everyone in the room, in the world, come through with an opinion. But wherever you stand on the six God spectrum, this is a podcast about the guy that turned heads with his So Far Gone mixtape, but it's really about the mixtape revolution that made So Far Gone possible in the first place. It's an unpacking of Drake, the rapper slash singer, but it's really a look at rap and R&B's long, complicated history and how we got to this moment where the lines between the two genres are so blurred. This is also about the Drake so many female hip-hop fans love, but it's really about Drake, the nice guy rapper, and what that reveals about the evolution of gender dynamics in hip-hop, and especially how that affects black women. This is also a series about Drake, a rapper the world sees as the face of the six, but it's really about the Toronto hip-hop scene, the one that made him, but is still fighting to be seen and heard. And that's what we're here to explore. My name is Ty Harper, and this is not a Drake podcast.
For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.